Hey, hello. My name is Selena. And my name's Theoni, and you are listening to Piping Hot. Another week, another episode of Hyping Hot. Hello to the three listeners that are listening. <laughs> we we got to give ourselves enough credit because our Bridgerton episode, I will say, we got a few more listeners. I, I saw that too because I, I was just interested to see like where that was sitting at and it like popped off. Right? I was like, okay, people love Bridgerton. Yes. Holy crap. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. It's been a week, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. I am mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted. Yeah. I've taken a nap every day, but I will <laughs> say I have eaten like so healthy this week and like obviously do whatever you want but I'm very proud of myself because I hate cooking and I always order out but I have not ordered out at all the past two weeks and that might sound like a small thing but it's actually pretty exciting so that's huge good job no I thank you very much (laughs) um on Tuesday I had cake for lunch so you are winning (laughs) (laughs) but that sounds amazing (laughs) where did you did you like buy yourself a cake or were you just like okay so i got this tuxedo chocolate mousse cake from costco that was like 12 dollars yeah 12 dollars and it was huge and i demolished it like i i mean i (laughs) ate it throughout the week i didn't eat it in one sitting but i wouldn't have judged you if you did (laughs) thank you thanks (laughs) no it was so freaking good and it was such an impulse buy at costco too because i was like i was like walking around i was like there's his chocolate cake just sitting here. I was like, I can't take it home. Like, I cannot not take it home, you yeah. know? You're like, it looks too good. I, I have to do this for myself. Treat yourself. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> what kind of tea are you drinking? Today, I am drinking stress relief tea by Yogi. Right. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's been a freaking week. And, mm. you know, like work has been slow, which is mm. great. But like mentally, it's just been like, uh, like so exhausting you know yeah totally I get you girl yeah what about you I am drinking green tea with a little bit of honey because I have absolutely fried my vocal cords lately like I was at a bar on Saturday night and mm-hmm. they were playing like the best music I don't even know like play me a good like 2000s throwback you know me I love to sing along even when I don't know the words, right? (laughs) So I may or may not have been doing that. And as I'm dancing with my friends and singing along, this guy comes up to me and he's like, you don't know the words, do you? (laughs) And I was like, I don't. And he was like, okay. And then we like danced a little and then he left and that was that. So it's not a good story, but I was just taken aback. I was like, let me live my life, but also fair, call me out because I was fully mouthing the words, but had no idea what they were. So. Wait, that's so weird though. Come on. <laughs> was that supposed to be like a pickup line? Like I don't expect me to know. I don't know when someone's <laughs> flirting with me or not. I I can't tell the difference. I don't know anything. It probably was. Okay. Um, he was nice enough. So we like danced a little bit like okay. with my group of friends and stuff. But okay. I'm also the one where like if I'm not interested, which this is really rude, I'll just kind of like ignore a little. Yes, that's what we did in New York. 
<laughs> yeah facts anyone who come up to us for like like nope yep, and just like turn around 180 yep. <laughs> literally but anyways fried my vocal cords there the other day i was showing my mom a pair of shoes that i bought and i like laughed but then i inhaled and something from the bottom of the shoe like <gasps> went into my throat i don't know what it was but it was the most disgusting thing ever so i started coughing and i can't even describe the cough but that like destroyed my vocal cords so now i'm trying to i'm trying to heal those babies oh my god i almost gagged the yoni oh Oh. i did too my mom was like are you gonna throw up i was like i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna she's asking me mid cough and i'm like do you think i'm gonna respond to you right now like i'm a a little busy i'm (laughs) literally oh my gosh gosh. that's like so, okay i don't know i'm i'm in a weird mood i have yeah. literally half a brain cell so anyways what pop culture things do you have there's not like a lot mm-hmm. i just like haven't been really like in tune with like the things that are happening but just a couple of things yeah one Courtney kardashian and travis barker <gasps> yes they got married wait did you see though that they didn't have a marriage license so it didn't count yo okay (laughs) that just like killed the excitement yeah but like to be fair i feel like a lot of people don't if they get married in vegas it's not like legit legit and you do the paperwork later but i don't know i feel like it counts yeah in in their eyes it probably counts but that's what i was thinking too but then yeah a couple days after they're like oh yeah they didn't have a marriage license and blah blah blah. i was like oh okay honestly was very unsurprising but Mm -hmm. also for celebrities to like maybe i think too much into this but like Mm -hmm. when celebrities get married that fast i'm like what about the prenup don't you need to think about the prenup? Like who, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not like freaking normal people. Like they have assets. They have like so much shit that they have to mm-hmm. go through. So you're yep. so right. There's Especially definitely. because they both have kids, you know? So you have to, there's so many things to think about. So I'm oh, sure yeah. they're like, okay, we're married now, but we have to like do all of that yeah. stuff. Okay. So Yeah. Well, good thing that they didn't have a marriage license then. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> otherwise, you're screwed if yeah. anything happens. Yeah. But they look so happy. I they actually did. think they're a really nice couple. Me too. As I if think, I know them personally. I, but. I think Courtney like definitely needs someone like him, you know? Like totally. I, I mean, I guess Scott is Scott, you know, but Mm -hmm. I think Courtney Mm -hmm. definitely needs someone like Travis, if that makes sense. (laughs) Before you go on to your next one, I just need to tell our listeners, um, Selena's wearing space buns today and she looks so good. Um, I just needed to tell you guys that. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Well, Uh our three listeners, remember? Yes. Our three listeners. (laughs) because i'm sure that's what they're keeping track of our hairstyles yeah exactly (laughs) it's a friggin' podcast they can't even see us oh my gosh okay second thing Mm -hmm. let's talk the grammys that happened oh my gosh okay yeah i actually watched them all the way through like really never do it but i i don't know why i was just into it this year okay and Ariana Grande did not go to the Grammys and I don't blame her because they snub her 
every single time. Yep. What does that girl have to do to get a Grammy? Like it's yeah. I'm not even saying that because I like her, but also her albums are unique. She has like fantastic production on her mm-hmm. songs. Her voice is incredible. Yeah. She has a very like cool niche of music. What more can she do? Yeah. So that made me mad. And but fact, I also understand. And she's like so vocally talented too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the the things that she can freaking do with her voice is Literally. insane. It's Literally. so hard. And like mm-hmm. no one recognizes that because it's like, oh well, like it's auto-tune or she can just do it so easily. And I think mm-hmm. just like being singers, like we definitely know it is not easy what she does. Literally though. Mm-mm. Literally though. Yeah. Not at all. I will say though I felt like I was looking at like obviously all the om- nominees and things mm-hmm. and I thought that there were a lot of good nominees. So mm-hmm. like I can imagine the decision to choose who won was very, very difficult. So yeah. I actually thought it was a really like a really good spread this year. I will say that very happy Olivia Rodrigo won a Grammy. Like mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. But the other Grammy she won really surprised me in the categories that she won because I was like... Like, based off of who won, I would have moved things around. Like, the fact that Olivia Rodrigo did not win an award for driver's license blew my mind. Because that was by far the biggest song of the year. Yes, and I think it's her best song, too. It is, 100%. So I'm just like, how Mm. did that not... Like, she won, I think, best pop vocal album, I believe. And so that I understand. But I was like, why didn't you win something just for driver's license? I don't understand interesting okay what other awards did she win i didn't i didn't look look it up (laughs) i want to say she won best live performance maybe that was for driver's license maybe actually but i will say i don't know why Billie eilish did not win that her happier than ever performances are insane and i'm not even Mm -hmm. a huge Billie eilish fan yeah or you know who else should have won that category which i've been listening to the song on repeat john batiste i think his name is yes um his song Freedom is an absolute bop and I did not know about it until the Grammys, but he performed it. You should go watch it because okay. it is so good. So good. I feel like I've heard his name before. He's on the late night or whatever Stephen Colbert show is. So he's on there in his band, but I know oh. he's done a lot of stuff otherwise. I think he Got actually it. has a very, very good career. I just don't really know a yeah. lot about him. Yeah. Okay, wow. Mm -hmm. Dang. Yeah, no, I was just getting like little bits and pieces on like my Twitter timeline and stuff. But I also really love the whole little like Doja Cat bit where she like running (laughs) from the freaking bathroom. (laughs) That was hilarious. She's so cute. And I love it. She's so cute. And she's like, I took the fastest piss in my life to get here. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, girl, you probably did. Um, Yeah. I thought I was so happy her and SZA won. Yeah, me too. They so deserve it. And like, I just like her speech like was just so heartwarming for me because she was like, I tend to like joke about a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but this seriously does mean like a lot to me. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, you deserve it. (laughs) She so deserves it. And I thought that was beautiful and so relatable too, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your your new boyfriend jack harlow oh my god i was like <laughs> you have a boyfriend <laughs> i was like since when can i meet him please <laughs> i was like please introduce me yeah, it's yeah. time yeah. um oh my god i i'm sorry y'all 
I am on the Jack Harlow train. He yeah. performed Industry Baby with um, Lil Nas Lil X. Nas. He did this thing with his microphone. Um, <laughs> I just the thing. Y'all need to go watch it. <laughs> I honestly, I watched that moment. And I said, "All right, I'm on board." And he has a yeah. song coming out tomorrow, actually, which it'll be out by the time this episode comes out, called Ooh. First Class," where he like samples glamorous by fergie and i literally am so 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 excited i am on jack harlow tiktok like he is on my (laughs) for you page and i am not mad about it he shouldn't be as attractive as he is sorry wow i'm talking a lot see i'm bothered he bothers me no right well he's your boyfriend so i mean it makes sense (laughs) yo for real he has i looked it up and he's playing a concert on april 30th in boston and i might just have to get tickets you have to you have I'm to. determined to make eye contact with him. Yeah. And then we'll fall in love. And he also said in an interview that he likes brunettes. So you what up? Yeah. What is up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't a big fan of him. I know that song by Lil Nas X. Like it's on my mm-hmm. workout playlist. So I, I've heard of him. Sure. But I was just like never really like a big fan i never really listened to his songs and then i saw that clip and i was like mm-hmm, i get it <laughs> i get it <laughs> literally <laughs> i'm like woof the martha now i'm just thinking about it oh my god yeah gosh. i know i know <laughs> um, okay last thing about the grammys that yes. i want to talk about is that the ladies who did uh the bridgerton musical won a grammy that made me so happy. Number one, me you're too. beating out a male-dominated field, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but also, they're so talented, and yeah. I feel like really deserving. I mean, they oh, yeah. they self-produced, they self-submitted, they did everything themselves. All the vocals. How insane. Literally. Yeah. Everything themselves. And I think that is so, so cool. I know. And I just can't get over like it's so good like Bridgerton mm-hmm. the musical that they wrote is literally so freaking good I need to see it on the stage Me too. like can you imagine like the production of it with the costumes yeah. and like wow I know wow 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 I know I'm I was so happy for them because they they so deserved it it was so totally. freaking good and they put in so much hard work I know oh I my know. gosh I was so happy for them <laughs> <laughs> okay well that is it for my pop culture things did you have anything like last minute that you thought of i literally don't i think i started a list this week of like my celebrity crushes but the only people on there right now are maluma um (laughs) jack harlow and matteo bertini that tennis player i always send you pictures of he's an italian tennis player and i don't even know how i came across him (laughs) he's only 26 he's only 26 he looks so much older i know if I have a type, it is him. You know me. Like yes. he, the tan yeah. skin, yeah. the dark hair, what? and then the like the facial hair too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This it's funny because it's it's funny because if you look at that list, it's like the two guys are the same and then there's just Jack Harlow. Just, he's so not he I know. really should not be on that list, but boy is he. I know. Oh my god. This may as well just be like a thirst podcast at this point. Like every week I'm like, guess who I'm obsessed with? Yeah. <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this week, as you know by the title and our introduction last week, we are going to be talking about the book Beatreed by Emily Henry. Mm-hmm. I honestly did not know how I was gonna feel. I was a little bit wary after our last book talk um experience. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm 
yeah yeah same same mm-hmm. but i literally loved it and i cannot wait to discuss because i finished it in a day i did i did <gasps> you did okay I wait, sure did. but i'm not surprised because you read books really freaking fast i do i do yeah i do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm still thinking about my tail oh my god okay sorry focus no, you're good okay well if you haven't read the book yet it's gonna be spoilers all episode so mm-hmm. go read the book and then come back and listen to this episode yes so before we dive in i know you kind of went over your like overall thoughts but like did you have any other like overall thoughts before we like dive into like the nitty-gritty hmm I don't know that I do besides okay. I liked it. And I'm okay. afraid that if I start talking, I'm going to say too much. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my overall thoughts on Beach Read. Okay. At first, I like was not vibing with it. Like it took Interesting. me. It took me a while to get into it. But okay. then once I did eventually get into it, I like literally could not put it down. Like really? I loved it. Yeah. It was just like, I don't even remember what point it was or like what chapter, but there was some point where I was just like, oh my gosh, I love this. And I just like freaking read it as fast <laughs> as I could. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I literally loved it and I was pretty hooked right away, but I understand oh. that I, I can understand why it maybe took a little bit to build up to it just based on like how they developed the story. Got it. You know what? You know, what's my, my problem when I was reading mm. this though, I went in thinking it was going to be a love hypothesis, uh, but it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And it, I think that's why I was like so disoriented at the beginning, mm-hmm. at the beginning. Cause I was like, what am I reading? Like, yeah. what, am I, what am I reading? But then it eventually like developed. We got to know the characters more and the story and stuff. And so I was like, oh, okay, I got it. But then I mm-hmm. really, really did love it. Oh gosh, it's so good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to do kind of like we did with the love hypothesis. Mm-hmm. We are going to just go every couple chapters with our synopsis and just dive into our favorite parts. Yes. So I did write my synopsis <gasps> this time. Yay! And they I'm so are proud short. of you. Thank you. Thank you. They are short. So like. Okay. That okay. is okay. So starting off with chapter one, here is the synopsis. We meet the main character, January Andrews, and get a fast-track background on how she ended up at the beach house in Michigan at 29 years old with her life falling apart. The chapter ends with meeting the next-door neighbor, in quotations, Everett. (laughs) So it took me a while to get into the book, so I don't have like a lot of notes for these beginning chapters, but I just want to say that like chapter one was like a huge info dump, which I think is why I like wasn't Mm. vibing with it I did really like January's backstory and like her belief that like like she had like a happy ever after and all of this stuff like everything Mm -hmm. ended happy in her life I really like that just because I got to understand her more and also like how she ended up at the beach house with her Mm -hmm. life falling apart I totally agree that there was just a lot of information right away to sort through which I guess left more room later to really develop the story without having to add in the background so like in that way I think it makes sense and I didn't mind but I agree it just takes a little more like brain energy Mm -hmm. to get into the story than I feel like is typical of like a contemporary romance yes I and I think again that was my problem where I was like I was thinking Mm -hmm. that it was going to be a quick 
yeah. contemporary romance that I could just like fly through. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting here like contemplating like what a happy ever after. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm like, mm, okay, just a second. <laughs> You're like, I don't understand anymore. <laughs> yeah. This is different. I will say I did like that there was a little more like meat to it than just me too. contemporary romance. Me Ooh! too. Because okay. I think I haven't read a book like that. And so I think the last Same. book that I read that was kind of like that had like the meat to it was The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor uh, Jenkins Reads. I think that's what her name is. Or okay. Taylor Reed Jenkins. I don't know. That was the Ashley last. Ashley Simone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was listening to that episode today and I was like, what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> gosh I'm sorry anyways no you're good I really did love like the meat to beach read because it was just it mm. oh I just like hit different it did it did I loved January's best friend her name is how do you pronounce it Sadi. okay maybe um gosh I forget how do you shoddy 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 okay that's what that's how shoddy I pronounce it like yeah. yeah that's how I pronounced it in my head but I was like I'm not sure but okay I loved her and I'm, I was kind of sad that we didn't get more of her because I feel like I agree. I don't know. I felt like she was, yes, important, but not important to like mm-hmm. January's story in a way. But I just thought she brought like so much like comedic relief. And I was just like uh-huh. kind of like yearning for that. Yeah, no, me too. I really loved her character. Well, actually, I went a little bit up and down with her character. I I could have used more of it. Yeah. But I, I think that there wasn't necessarily a place for it in the story. Yes. So I, I understand the purpose behind it, I yes. think. If it was like, oh, have more scenes with January and Shadi or January and Gus, I would have been like January and Gus. For mm-hmm. sure. Like 100%. Because yep. again, that's like where the meat of everything was and like their character development and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess, but... <laughs> The second we were introduced to the neighbor on the deck next door, I was like immediately love interest. I was like, I was like, I could see you a mile away. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) But I know it's predictable, but I love that. I love that. It's predictable. (laughs) Me too. I love their first conversation. I thought it was so funny, but it also showed like both of their personalities. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. I just thought it was like so funny and I... I was like wanting more of their like dynamic, which like got me excited. Yeah, no, me too. (laughs) What was your first impression of Everett, of Gus? Gosh, now I'm trying to, it was such a whirlwind when I read it. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to remember like, because I know how I feel about him now. (laughs) Um, What did I think of him at first? I thought maybe he was a little like mysterious or like a little, I'm trying to remember what their first interaction was. It was at the party. In, right? co- in college or are you talking about the deck? Oh, you mean in college. No, no, no. Your first impression of him on the deck in chapter one. Oh, yeah. When she couldn't see his face or anything. Yeah. And they were talking about like that the sex shop. <laughs> and he's like, oh, like it's like downtown. And she's like, oh, oh. so I'll just follow you tomorrow. <laughs> no, I, I loved him right away. Really? I lo- <laughs> yes, I think so. I thought he was like kind of rude and like annoying. But okay. like in a good way, because it's like, obviously, I know that they're going to end up together by the end of the book. Okay. So I was like, oh, I like their banter. Their banter is so good. It was <laughs> really good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. That's interesting what did you think of him at first it it took me a while to get on the Gus train not gonna lie but my first impression was that he was a grump but 
Oh, yeah. That's but kind we of love a, given. a grump. Yeah, Sorry. that was kind of a given, too, because Emily Henry used the adjective grump to, like, mm-hmm. describe him. So I was like, immediately that was in my head. As the conversation went on, though, I just, like, needed him to, like, chill out just a little bit. Like, Fair. I, I yeah. thought there was, like a stick up his ass and I just like needed him to chill out. I was like, oh, Dude. 100% he needed to chill out. Yeah. But I was like, guess who's going to get rid of that stick? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so gross. <laughs> but oh I, I think I just liked it because I was like, okay, I know I, I didn't feel a bad way about it because yeah. I knew the trajectory that it was gonna take you yes. know that's all i have for chapter one unless you have anything else no i don't think i do okay. i will say some chapters i have a lot more than others and definitely the second half of the book i have way more notes than the first oh me too <laughs> me freaking too okay <laughs> all right chapter two so this is the synopsis. We get more background on January's story and relive her father's funeral. We also get introduced to her father's mistress, Sonia, who gives her an envelope at key- and keys at her father's funeral. We learn that January's agent, Anya, is expecting a new novel by the end of the summer. The chapter ends with January storming over to Everett's place and telling him to turn the music down. Again, just a lot of like background and setup for this chapter. So like mm-hmm. nothing like much to like comment sure. on. I will say that I was like very surprised that like Sonia gave her the letter and the keys. But eventually we yeah. find out why. But at that moment I was like, oh my gosh, she's like approaching January at her dad's funeral. Like it's Literally. already so intense. Like, it, but she's going to go and approach. I was like, I oh know. My gosh. I was like, how about you back off? Yes. I was very annoyed by Sonia at first. And I think yep. by the end of the book, I had a little more empathy, but I Same. was like, get the heck away from her. Yes. Like I you was, do not belong in this scenario. I right was like, now. this is not a good time. Why? No. What? At at the funeral really like there that's the only time you could approach her really like it's no not give her some good time. space yeah that was like a little jarring to me because i was like sure. wow that just happened going back into like the present mm-hmm. i love that january goes over and is like shut the f up i'm trying to sleep <laughs> i like that we get like a contrast that she says oh like the old january would never do something but the mm-hmm. new january doesn't give a fuck and she's like gonna do whatever <laughs> she wants you know Literally. like she's gonna tell them to like be quiet because i'm trying to sleep mm-hmm. at 12 30 or whatever and i love that because again it's like she changed so much and we're jumping right into the story so we're like i don't Literally. i don't know who the old january is so i i loved that contrast no i love that too and i also think it gives so much context to like how like everything that happened affected her yes so which i think is so important to like yeah even just as more stuff comes up later in the book so i really i really think it's like smart how the author like set that up yes because it's hard to build up that background and get empathy for a main character when Mm -hmm. we're just starting with this book and it's a standalone too so it's like there's not a prequel to it where we can read january's happily ever after or whatever Mm -hmm. so so when Gus started to tease her about not seeing him on his own deck and <laughs> and he was like being such a smart ass because he was like, oh, do you also scream when cars drive past the highway or when you see people in the restroom window, like the restaurant window or whatever? I was like, what is happening? I, 
I did kind of love it in a sick and twisted way, though, because I was yeah. like, you're funny. You're funny. No, <laughs> he's literally so extra. Yeah. But like, yeah. I loved it. Like, yeah. I I am here for the sarcasm. Like, yeah. it's so aggravating. Like, if I were January, I would be like, shut the heck up. I would. But yeah, I thought it was so funny to read. I was like, yeah. leave her alone. Because yes, it's so ridiculous. Like, yes. if he said that to me, I would have been like, you're freaking dumb. No, I don't scream <laughs> at people on, like, the highway or I don't look at people in the <laughs> restaurant window. Or whatever. Like, it's just like, yeah, like you said, it's, like, aggravating. <laughs> yeah, literally. That is the end of my notes for chapter two. Do you have anything else? I do not. Okay. I do not. But I am ready to dive into chapter three. Okay. Also, I just want to say I'm really proud of you for your synopsis. Good for you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm improving. Okay. Yes, you are. You are. Character development. Literally. <laughs> we love to see it. Here is my synopsis for chapter three. In chapter three, January begins to explore her new home for the summer. While she doesn't like being in a house full of reminders of her dad and his mistress, including a photo above the toilet she just puked in, January pushes herself to go out into the community after reminiscing on the relationship with her father, which she is seemingly conflicted by. January then meets Pete, local owner of the coffee shop and bookstore, who invited January to join the town's weekly book club. After January finds something to like in this new place, January clumsily finds out her new neighbor and old rival are the same person. <laughs> I was okay, no, you you dive in and I will say my comments later. <laughs> no, no, if you have something to oh, say, oh. say it. I was surprised that they that the whole storyline of that they knew each other in college. I felt like Same. that came out of left field, but I was like fine with it. I was like, oh, they have background, but it was just so interesting. Mm -hmm. But I was like vibing with it. I think it would have been more interesting if it was like they didn't know each other at all. You know, see, I actually like that they knew each other in college, especially oh. because of how that comes up later. Yeah. And I also just love stories where it's like someone comes back together after yeah. so much time. And I just think that's such a cool thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I really liked it because I also yeah. thought it added a lot to their story later on. Yeah, so. no, definitely. This is something that I felt kind of throughout the book was that okay. I was very conflicted by the relationship with January and her dad, right? Because there's a lot of like quotes or like flashbacks to January and her dad and mm -hmm. he's always giving her this really really good advice and like really mm -hmm. has such a positive relationship with her mm -hmm. but then you hear about how him cheating affected her and his death and yeah. all of these things and it just made me so frustrated I was so conflicted by that because I was like I want to love your dad mm -hmm. but I just am so mad at him which makes sense why she has the idea of a happily ever after in her yep. mind because that's all she saw. Literally. So it's like it makes sense why she is so confused right now, so lost mm -hmm. of being like, okay, if I think about my childhood, it was actually fine. Like my dad danced with my mom in the kitchen after she got her cancer diagnosis mm -hmm. and we were all okay. And now after finding all of this shit out and her life is just falling apart, mm -hmm. of course I would be pissed. Of course I would be so lost, you know? 100%. And I will also say another thing that conflicted me about her dad's character was that I did not believe that, like, just because he was cheating didn't mean that he didn't care about um, January's mom. Yep. I think that was fully real. Like, yeah. all of the romance stuff she saw, like, dancing in the kitchen yep. after her diagnosis, I thought 
that was real. But I was yeah. also like, if that's real, why are you doing this behind her back? Mm-hmm. I have thoughts about that later in the okay. second half of the book. But oh. no, definitely. Like, I, I agree. But again, too, it's like confusing to January. I sympathize with her, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it sucks to be in a situation where it's like you saw one side of the story and then unfortunately another side was revealed and now you're confused. Totally. One other thing I really like about just like the writing style is that it's very like relatable and I feel like I'm reading it and like what would January's voice would be and at one point I wrote down this quote she said sometimes I just missed liking people like Mm. it's like when you are burnt out it's like everyone is so annoying to you yeah I I don't know you had a reaction where you're like oh that's sad I thought it was really funny but maybe it is oh, sad. Well, yeah, just because like her boyfriend of five years dumped her in the hot tub. She doesn't talk to her mom mm-hmm. anymore. She like mm-hmm. her best friend is always busy, right? We get that background of like, oh, every time I text Shadi, it's like she's sleeping. But every time Shadi texts me, I'm sleeping or whatever. It just like sucks. And I think moving to the town and also with Gus is like the first time that she kind of starts feeling those things again, which again Mm -hmm. just makes me so happy because I'm like, you deserve it after all the shit you went through. Literally, (laughs) she does deserve it, which I love. The author read it in a way where like, you are so ready to root for January yes. right off the bat. Yes. I, I really did like the writing style. And Me I liked too. it as first person too. Because like I felt like I was in, literally in January's head. <laughs> right? Yeah. I know. I felt the same way. Yeah. But that's all I have for chapter three. Do you have anything to like add? No. <laughs> okay. So here is the synopsis for chapter four. Chapter 4 gives us the much-needed background on Gus and January's relationship. We find out that January... Sorry, I'm like giggling. (laughs) I don't know why. Okay. We find out that January always thought of Gus's competition in college and that Gus only ever critiqued January's work. Mm -hmm. Why is that? (laughs) We also find out that the two... (laughs) Sorry. We also find out that the two of them... (laughs) Oh my god, you are you okay? I don't know. Like I said, I have half a brain cell. Bear with me, folks. (laughs) We also find out that the two of them never interacted much, which makes January think she was the only one who believed the rivalry to be true. Then we come back to the present where January and Gus, in quotes, meet, while Gus meets January, supposedly. It seems as though Gus might not remember January, but the banter and critique of each other's work is the same, or even more intense than it was before. Gus can't take his eyes off January, but she doesn't know why. The chapter ends with January leaving the bookstore, wondering what comes next. When I tell you I like this book, I really loved it. Like, it is up there for me. Wow, that's so good, though. I'm so mm-hmm. good that this redeemed me after fucking Ice Planet Barbarians. <laughs> I don't know if I will ever forgive you. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Oh A lot of my notes throughout the book are quotes just because I love the writing style. Mm-hmm. So in this chapter, one of the quotes from January's perspective, she said, to top things off, Everett was stupidly, infuriatingly attractive. And I was like, ah! like I just love that she's like oh he's so annoying but oh my gosh he's so cute that's how it starts that's always how it starts (laughs) it's just a rabbit hole you get deeper deeper (laughs) and then she continues to say not to mention his crooked mouth which should have been outlawed like oh my gosh and I love (laughs) I love how that comes in like 
to play throughout the book like she mm-hmm. always talks about his smile and like his mouth in a certain way which sounds weird but reading it i was like Ooh, boy. i love that she always said that like he leaned up against like the door yes. the door frame as if he like couldn't support himself and it was always it always came back and i was like okay <laughs> i love that i love yeah. that too oh my gosh um and I remember during this chapter when the frat party was first mentioned, I was literally like, what happened at the frat party? Like, me too. please just tell me what happened. I was like dying to know. Me too. Because again, we first found out that they were rivals and I was like, oh, okay, I hate his guts. Okay. Yep. Right. I'm, I'm on January side. I hate him. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, but then like, I didn't want to think about what happened at the frat house. And I'm like, January, honey, what? <laughs> what what did you say a, a frat house <laughs> nothing good ever happens in those okay <laughs> oh no no it doesn't uh, no it uh, does not yeah um yeah but uh, again such a testament to the writing the yeah. fact that like she gets us so invested so quickly mm-hmm. um and then i wrote this note which is so interesting that i wrote this because i wrote my notes as i go as i read yeah so like they're very current to what i was feeling in that moment i wrote i love how he only criticized her probably because he thinks she was the only one with talent and potential oh my gosh really that's what you thought yes oh i thought he was just being a dick really yeah no i i knew i knew or I predicted right away that he always along had no. something for I her. felt like he was a stuck-up, snobby, like, I'm a serious writer. I don't write romance novels because that's fake writing or whatever. Like, that that was my image of Gus in my head. And I was Interesting. like, I was like, no, writing is writing. Maybe- January can write, okay? You sit down, get off your high horse. <laughs> Maybe it's like my mental health counselor brain. I was like, I know there's more. I know there's <laughs> yes. trauma, Gus. Yeah. Let's dig into it. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Selena, I'm telling you, I read this book as if I knew the ending, which I kind of think I did oh because God. I wrote this girl dot 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 he did not forget you he's trying to act casual relax i wrote that before we knew that he recognized her so yeah i it was kind of hard for me to believe that like gus would forget her like you know like i feel like once you get into those college classes they get smaller and smaller Mm -hmm. and so like you would know the people in your class and if he was picking on you specifically like Mm -hmm. he would definitely remember you so i was like a little like I was like, really? I think Gus yeah. does remember you. Yeah. Totally. I'm not even going to read these notes throughout the book, but just for the record, I have so many notes just being like, I love their banter. Oh my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And here's another quote from the end of the chapter. It okay. says, I looked up to find Gus's dark eyes burning into me. The effect was intimidating. And I wrote, oh, he likes <laughs> And that's, see, I I did not view him as like a rude guy right away. I mean, I thought he was rude, but I was also like, you're just flirting. You're doing the classic guy thing where like you're flirting with her to be rude. Like, you know what I mean? Oh my gosh. I'm so surprised that like you did Mm -hmm. not, you were on the Gus train like chapter one. I was, I needed them to be together (laughs) right away. I was like, all right, let's do this. wow okay no Mm -hmm. it definitely took me a long long time for me to actually be like 
Okay, Gus. Like, I'll give you a chance. Fair enough. Interesting. Okay. Okay. One thing, literally so random. As I was reading it at the beginning, I was like, I don't know if I can get on the name Gus because it reminds me of Gus Gus from Cinderella. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I don't know if I can do that, you know? And also, like, Augustus (laughs) reminds me of The Fault in Our Stars from John Green. And I was like, I don't know. And now I'm thinking of, like, Augustus Gloop. Like, this is the most embarrassing, like, sad characters. No, I think I hate it. I didn't mind it before, but now I oh think I hate sorry. it. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know why that killed me. But no, like, I eventually got on the train of just, like, his name being Gus and Augustus. Yeah. So I was like, fine. But, like, literally at, at the beginning of the book, I was like, I can't get over this. Like, I, yeah. can't, I can't get past it. Fair enough. It is not, like the sexiest yes i know see that's the thing so (laughs) but that i'm sorry i i'm actually slap happy i'm like so exhausted so if i go on a laughing fit for no reason just it is what it is i don't have anything else for the chapter so we can jump into chapter five so this is the synopsis the chapter starts out with January answering her agent's call, who tells her it's super important that January finishes this book that she's been writing for the past 13 months by the end of summer. January attends Pete's book club, and it turns out that Sonia is in attendance. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a lot of notes for this sure. one, because again, it's just like a lot of inner monologue and inner turmoil for January. Yep. But I did really like that it was a lot... Like at this point in the book... I really liked that it was very, very in-depth compared to the other contemporary romances I've read. Yes. Like, her her inner turmoil was, like, very tangible almost compared yes. to, like, other books that I've read. And I think that's why, like you mentioned before, it has meat. Like, this book mm-hmm. is, like, has a lot of different context to it. Whereas compared to, like, The Love Hypothesis, it's literally just their love story, you know? 100%. Which I... I honestly loved it. Like, I mm-hmm. love that they added that in there. I yeah. I felt myself, because of all of that, identifying with January so much. Or Same. just, like, relating my own situations with how she was feeling. Which I think yes. is, like, a really important thing to get from books. Sorry, I'm so passionate oh, about definitely. this book. No, okay, no, sorry. don't apologize. No, because I agree. Like, I, de- I think all of the setup, like, yeah, I'm saying, like, I don't have a lot of notes at the beginning. But, like, sure. all of the setup pays off off at the end because it what happens hits harder like her realization Mm -hmm. and her character development hits harder because like we're at the start with her i just want to say on the record i called that sonia would be there at the freaking book club i knew she was gonna be there because it's a small town it's a small midwestern town so i was like i have a feeling that she's gonna be there like everyone knows everyone it's super cute like small Mm -hmm. town like this book club that's like oh it's the town's book club no it's just like three friends literally just three friends (laughs) i didn't anticipate sonia being there but i did anticipate gus being oh yeah yeah (laughs) i did see yeah yeah okay well that's all that i have for chapter five but chapter six picks up right after i will say again about the reading style i Mm -hmm. like how she breaks up the chapters and there's multiple chapters for one situation sometimes but other times there's 500 situations in one chapter and i'm like whoa are you gonna split that up it's very interesting yeah, I actually was not vibing with the way that she split it up. Fair enough. Sometimes, sometimes I thought you should just keep it in one chapter. Sure, you that know, makes sense. like there were. I I agree. There was some scenes, like some 
like breaks within the chapter where it was clear that she should have just made a new chapter. And there's one in particular where it makes no sense. I know Mm -hmm. exactly what you're fucking talking about. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Moving on to chapter six that picks up right after chapter five. So here's the synopsis. After seeing Sonia, January seeks solitude in the bathroom with her bottle of wine in tow. January eventually comes out of the bathroom with Sonia nowhere in sight, but the surprise doesn't end there. Gus is in attendance at the book club as well, and they sit together as they listen to Pete and Maggie talk about books. By the end of the night, January and Gus realize that Pete and Maggie's book club specializes in spy novels, and they never (laughs) intended to talk about their own novels that night. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I didn't even think you were reading a synopsis. I was just ready to jump in. So you you can go first. Oh, no, that's okay. You go and say what you were going to say. The last sentence of that, I wrote about this later, but Pete knew right away that something was going on. I think Pete right away wanted something to happen yeah. and was very subtly manipulating the situation. And I was like, all right, I well, see you. you. You know what? We eventually find out more about Pete, but I think it was just like Pete trying to help Gus like after totally. after what happens, which we'll talk about. But I think it's just like her like really caring, loving way of being like, I think Gus would really like her. And I'm like, totally. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that January was like, I'm just going to drink this wine straight <laughs> out of the bottle for my birthday. I she was love like, her. She was like, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to do it. And I was like, yeah, if no one such- else is going to drink it, I will. <laughs> exactly. I was like, that's such a mood, girl. Like, if right. I was in this situation, like after seeing my dad's mistress and then mm-hmm. seeing my freaking arch nemesis from college, I'd do the same. I'd be, yep. I was like sweating for her as I was like <laughs> reading this novel because I was like, I would have just gone home, like to be yep. honest, but... 100%. She stuck it out. <laughs> I say, I say, when Gus walked in, I was like, "Of course, what could possibly go wrong?" That was right, the cherry literally. on the top. I was like, "Oh my literally. gosh!" But at the same time, I was like, "Yay, he's here!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I live for the chaos. I'm like, yeah. "That's what I need." <laughs> same, same. Also, okay, I just want to say, I think at this point, I didn't know what to imagine Gus as like I didn't have a solid tangible thing of Mm -hmm. what he looks like until this chapter and it's on page 54 that they describe that January describes him and she says he showed up looking like a college junior's backup pot dealer and I was like what (laughs) but also but also I was like he's so normal like I feel Mm -hmm. like he's such a normal guy that you find in like a midwestern town and i it was just super weird for me because like i think in novels i'm always like like the the main love interest is like super hot and he's super Mm -hmm. smart and he's like very like muscular and like all of this stuff you know and i just felt like wow gus is like really normal and i i love that because it felt so much more tangible to me you know totally i was gonna say the same thing yeah it was tangible it was so realistic yes and also i think in real life dating sometimes you don't necessarily understand why you're attracted to someone but you just are yes. and you you just you just are jack carlo yeah <laughs> like you know <laughs> i love that so i i just like it was the first time where i was like oh 
Gus is like normal. He's just like this like cute guy in this like Midwestern town. That's it for chapter six for me. I didn't have a lot. Oh. Did you have anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. To be honest, I feel like this versus the love hypothesis because of the way the chapters were broken up. I don't have as much to like talk about, but that doesn't mean I don't love it as much. I just yes. don't have... Because Same. I think so much of what it is is the internal dialogue. Yes. And that's harder to talk about, I oh, think. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, okay, so chapter seven. Chapter seven begins with January being resistant to taking a car ride home from Gus. <laughs> it takes a lot of flirty banter and pushing, but January finally decides to get into the car. Next, Gus takes January to get donuts and coffee where more banter ensues. It seems as though they can't communicate without it. January notices the flirting and the subtle touches and can barely contain herself, but before she can think about it too much, she forced herself to continue the conversation. Although it seems like this is a good thing, the chapter ends with January letting Gus know just how she feels about being a female writer and that she does not appreciate the unjust criticism. Gus seems taken aback by this and the chapter ends with January wanting to go home. So much to say, I feel like. Yeah. Okay. This goes back to what I said about the last line of your synopsis. Pete asked January, she was like, how are you getting home, dear? Like, you know exactly how she's going to get home. Yeah. You little old woman, you know what you're doing. (laughs) Okay, but also, though, I would have pulled a January because over my dead body would have I ever have gotten into my arch nemesis car I would have def I would have done the same thing I would have like pretended that like the uber was coming Mm -hmm. but again it's a small town they don't 100% (laughs) well that is a thing for January throughout the book where her instinct is to just run from the situation rather than dealing with it she's just gonna avoid until she dies which is so relatable yes it it really is um Okay, and then I'm sorry. Their flirty banter. I really can't handle it. Like when he started, when he brought up the Jello wrestling, and I was like, January, just get in his car, just please. Like I need the chaos. I need the chaos. One thing January said. She goes, maybe I'm trembling with the anticipation of an exhilarating walk home. Yes. And then she starts walking, and then he goes wrong way. I know. (laughs) Like it's just so. It's so perfect. Yeah. So perfect. And then, okay, on page 59, she says, you're not talking about sex stuff, are you? And then he responds to her by using her, like, full name. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And then he says, did you want me to seduce you? And I was like, "Ah!" Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I literally, like... He's just doing it to like poke fun. Like he's like poking mm-hmm. the bear. And I can he, definitely tell. He and wants to make her uncomfortable. Exactly, exactly. And I... It just makes for an interesting dynamic. And I think that was why it was so much fun to read. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm losing it. Okay. (laughs) So on on page 64, this is just a very small detail, but I love how she describes being intoxicated by his smile. Mm -hmm. Again, she focuses on these little details that makes him so attractive to her. And I just love that because I feel like, again, very realistic to like what you find in like someone that you end up liking. You find the little things, you know? Theony, it's the female gaze. 
Mm-hmm. It's it, literally just yes, a female gaze. Literally. Like, <laughs> like, that's like what we look for, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. The chapter ends basically, I forget exactly what Gus says, but basically he says something about their different writing styles and about like female writers and January goes off on him. And mm-hmm. I was like, good for you. Like, don't be afraid. Don't get like pushed down by that. Let him have it. Like, let him know how you feel. I loved that. Well, you know what? Pissed me off too. Again, at this point, I still was not on the Gus train, even though that like little exchange for like the car ride was super cute. I still wasn't on the Gus train. And this just like proved my point more because it's like Mm. January is successful. She's sold like Mm -hmm. three or four books. Like she knows how to write. She's like getting commission from all of this stuff too. So it's like, why are you telling her that she can't write or like her writing style is like Mm -hmm. not that great or what, you know, like I'm just like, whatever. Well, I think that happens a couple times throughout the book where like, which I think I understand more once we get to know Gus more, but he, it's like he doesn't know when to stop the banter. It's like good for a while, but then I'm like, why did you have to make that last comment? Yes. Like it was good, good, good. And then it was a little too far. And I was like, take a step back. Exactly. I will say in this chapter, I did just random. I did mm-hmm. like that he like stayed and waited for her Uber to come. Yeah. Because <laughs> he knew. Because he's like, January, you're bullshitting. I know there's no freaking Uber coming. So I'm going to sit here and just prove my point. You know, Literally. like I was just like, but that's so sweet, though, too, because like a part of me did like that Gus stayed and like made sure that she got home. Oh, I, I loved that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on to chapter eight. Okay. Chapter eight focused on a long conversation between January and Gus in the car. While their conversations have been straight sarcasm, this is the chapter where it takes a slightly more serious turn. Gus talks openly about how he is realistic and more importantly, that he remembers January. Not only that, but he remembers what she was like and is unafraid to show his confusion about how different she has become. Throughout this conversation, January can't think straight. She's offended, but excited. She feels understood, but is freaked out. It's all a little too much for January, especially when Gus challenges her to write his genre of a book and he'll do the same. The hesitation is real, but the possibility of finally beating her rival causes January to agree the chapter ends with gus making sure january will follow one simple rule during this challenge do you have any thoughts right away i was just gonna say i was surprised that there was this like bargain thing i didn't see the book going that way no i didn't either but i loved it me too i loved it too because it was a good excuse for them to like keep keep on keeping (laughs) and it wasn't what i love though it wasn't just something like him betting that like she can't do it it was both ways so they both had something to lose and gain which i was like yes i love competition my competitive side was like yes let's do this (laughs) yeah (laughs) i like that he allowed himself to be more serious about who he is as a person in the Mm. sense that like he's realistic and stuff like he always went there first which i thought was interesting Um, yeah you know why because he was also the last person to open up mm. it was like he would only go so far sure Hmm. that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) you're skeptical (laughs) okay i wrote a note that said in quotes this is what january said to him are you honestly saying you don't believe in love and then i wrote you sure will by the end of the book because duh like you know on page 70 there's this little moment Mm -hmm. where i was like he noticed her calling him gus and he was so smiley about it like he's like he started smiling and she was like what and he was like 
that's the second time you've called me Gus tonight. And yes! I was like, oh my gosh. I was freaking out. I love that he noticed that because it like meant so much to him. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, li- oh, I literally love it. We get the little part about where he remembers January, which is all great. Mm-hmm. When she's describing the frat party a little bit, she says, Gus had been all hot breath and sparking touches. And I said, yep, okay, I'm in for this ride. And then it continues and said, it had been palpable how much we wanted each other that night and i was like and then she says it felt like a personal attack the way he kept looking at me and i was like oh my god (laughs) like again again the way the author writes these things drove me nuts it was Mm -hmm. so good yeah i like wanted more i was like i need to know what happened at this frat party please because it seems really hot and steamy and i Literally, I'm like, let's jump to the spicy part. So, right. Thank you. In this car ride, you get right away how well they read each other Mm -hmm. right off the bat. They don't know who each other are now, but they still can read each other so well. Like when he said, it's not who you are. And she said, but as you pointed out, I'm different now. And I just felt like that alone. I'm just like, wow. You you really know each other. They were like so in tune with each other. It like yes, worked that's perfect. perfectly, you know? I loved it though because it's like they came, they haven't like talked to each other in like years yet. The second that they're together, it's like they like know. Exactly. It's crazy, yeah. I know, right? It's just like, it's one of those things where the connection is just there and yeah. you can't. That, that's like soulmate right. shit right there. And that's when I knew they were going to be together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I also knew they were going to be together at <laughs> chapter one. <laughs> Okay, on page 79, you know how I was saying Gus takes it a little too far sometime? Yeah. January does too. They both don't know when to stop because there was this part where he was talking about the plan and then January kept making jokes about it and Gus was described to be like frowning and he was like, okay, let's just forget about the plan. And I think that just shows that like he has a serious side and he's like, I need to be taken seriously sometimes Mm -hmm. i love the banter but i feel like that's what they both need but they learned to you know yes find balance later yeah that's what matters and then of course at the end of the chapter he had to say promise not to fall in love with me and i died and you know what that reminded me of a walk to remember and i was like oh my gosh he's gonna be sick he's gonna be sick and he's gonna die she I said, really thought that. Doesn't January say that like it? he took it from a walk to remember? Like she literally calls that out? Oh, yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It's funny because he doesn't do romance, yet he knows that reference. I will say, though, when he said that, I was like, oh, that's a little cringe for me. I couldn't like get on with it, you know? Like I couldn't get on board with like the, oh, don't fall in love with me thing. It was too cringy, but I was on yeah. board. <laughs> You're like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, literally. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, thank you for saying that. Now yeah. I am going to fall in love with you. Screw you. Yeah. yeah. All righty. On to chapter nine. So here's a synopsis. Yes. Chapter nine opens with updates from Shadi and her man. January gets straight <laughs> to business as she begins to think about her novel and her plans for the Saturday's romantic comedy scenario- scenarios she would take Gus on. As January begins cleaning the second bedroom in the house, we get many flashbacks on January's fallout with her mom and ex-boyfriend. By the end of the chapter, we see January making progress on her new book, which is based off events that like, happened in her life. This chapter just like reinforced my love for shoddy like mm-hmm. she 
is so funny. She's so, so hilarious. Funny. Like so over the top, but like such like a such like a best friend trope that I just like really, really loved. And again, I just oh, wish I we got. It. Yeah, I wish we got more of her. This was like a heavy flashback chapter, but I appreciated mm. the background because I felt like I got to know January a lot better. It wasn't sure. the fun parts of the book, but I definitely thought they were interesting. And then it made me feel a lot more connected to her. So like, again, just not a lot of thoughts, but like, sure, I felt I felt a lot more connected to her after it. Yeah, 100%. And I think that that's very much sprinkled throughout the book, too. And so as much as I was like, again, like I was saying earlier, it's kind of tough to like talk about and discuss. Yeah. But I will say, again, it really gets us to know the character. Like oh, yeah. I think it was this chapter, too, that I really felt bad for January because mm. she had to grow up super quick and it like really unfortunate circumstance. Mm-hmm. I did like seeing the contrast, though, of like her kind of ditching that mindset of like I have to be mature I have to be like proper or whatever when she confronted her mom about the affair at the funeral and she was just I don't have the paragraphs in front of me but she was basically just saying like I just wanted to be a kid and I wanted to yell and scream and do all of this stuff and it was just so interesting to see kind of like January revert back but also though she like was robbed of her childhood because she had Mm -hmm. to deal with so much stuff with her mom's diagnosis I think it's really interesting the thing you said about her like reverting back to that I think that's so interesting I say this a lot my mental health counselor brain Mm -hmm. but it might just be my brain I don't know but I love seeing how like things change people and yes. like how they develop yep. because especially when you go through those things if you look at like what age it happens at I just think that there's certain ages that of course it's going to affect you differently especially when you're younger you're developing yeah. so much that those things really do have an effect on you and so I don't know I think yeah I agree oh, and yeah. I like that as the book goes on she starts getting pieces of her old self back yeah. which I think is just really beautiful I know I love it too okay okay (laughs) the last thing that I said is that I really really liked a quote on page 89 it said my mom's first diagnosis taught me that love was an escape uh an escape rope but it was her second diagnosis that taught me love could be a life vest when you were drowning and I was like this is so gorgeous but also like heartbreaking I love that through her writing, like Emily Henry could like bring these like themes to life. And it, I think mm-hmm. that's what made me fall in love so much with the story. I was See. just, oh my God, I was just in awe. That's why I think in my notes, I have so many quotes because the way she writes, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like poetic. Yeah. But it's not cheesy. Yes. In a way that I'm just like, you're trying so hard to sound like a romance novel. Like, it's just really genuinely beautiful. Yes. But it's also like so relatable in a sense mm-hmm. where it's like I could see January in me, you know, or like mm-hmm. I could sympathize with January too. And it was just, yeah. Totally. Well, that is all that I have for chapter nine. Do you have anything? I do not. Moving on to chapter 10. So here mm-hmm. is a synopsis. Chapter 10 opens with January writing her book with struggles and also questioning her mother and father's relationship and when her father's affair could have possibly happened. Mm -hmm. It's the first time that January and Gus trade notes from their windows. (laughs) Then January and Gus go to interview a woman whose twin sister was in a cult for Gus's next novel. The chapter ends with Gus admitting that he has read January's book. (gasps) Books. uh, Plural. 
<laughs> okay, this was the first chapter where like I started getting giddy, you know, okay. like being like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, like, because okay. it really, really kicked up a notch. Oh, and one thing yeah. I will appreciate, mm-hmm. I I don't know if it's because we're in the same generation as mm-hmm. Emily Henry. I don't know how old she is or anything, mm-hmm. but her references are so spot on to yes. what I like. The note writing when she referenced, um, Taylor like she Swift. referenced a walk to remember. Uh, yep. Then Taylor Swift, like yep. you just said. I was just like, holy crap, like, yes, because who didn't watch the You Belong With Me music video and was like, I want that. Yes, exactly. I know. Mm. I loved her references. My first note is literally, love the notes, all in caps. (laughs) (laughs) Because I thought it's like such a classic, like, romantic comedy thing Mm -hmm. to do. Totally. This needs to be a movie. I know. It really does. It really does. Like, I I feel like it's one that would translate so well, too. Yes, I agree. I loved their conversation in the car, like, to and from where they, like, went to go interview Grace. Again, they're, like chemistry and banter is just so yes. good and Gus is such a smart ass like <laughs> I just like was eating it up I said on page 101 when January asked if he brought her here to murder her and he says quote please we drove three hours I've got a perfectly good murder spot back in <laughs> North Bear Shores like I cackled I, I cackled because I was like what like, who thinks of that no but it's so funny though like and i am also so personally attracted to people who make me laugh or like say things very off the cuff or sarcastic so like i think that's why i loved gus right away because he's so much like that like you said oh yeah so funny it was slow for me but it was like these little tiny moments where i was like okay gus i see you you're kind of funny and just like it kept adding up until i was like okay i'm in love with you fine (laughs) (laughs) we have to talk about the gas station scene because i was screaming throughout the entire thing <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I lost my mind that because i wasn't expecting them? it me neither it's a gas station they're at a gas station theoni like are you kidding me <laughs> like who would have known standing that close by a car like would the- be that it spicy. was yes like the tension the little like touches it was like <sighs> everything i wanted and needed but like just enough to like keep me wanting more like oh my god like the balance was just like perfect this is like an ongoing thing but this is the first time that i like kind of noted it that it was not a problem but something i definitely noticed is that like it was really hard for like gus to open up Mm. at first i was like annoyed by it but like as the book went on i like began to understand why but mm. i also kind of like that he was mysterious in a way as well so it was just an interesting balance because at some parts i was like can you just tell me more like please like, i just want to know more and other yeah. parts i was like oh, okay like you can stay mysterious like i'm totally fine with that but it was just kind of a weird back and forth with me throughout the book sure. it was her who didn't move right or it was him that didn't move from the car and she was like okay well I'll tell you one thing if you move, right? I thought it was her that didn't move. I think so. I but think I don't remember the exact dynamic of how it happened. Yes. But okay. I remember someone wasn't moving. Yeah. So I think, it was, I think it was January who wasn't moving. I don't remember why she wasn't moving. But the basic concept you need to understand is that she was not moving. So Gus was like, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing and then you got to move. Oh, my God. I screamed when he was like... <laughs> Yeah, I've read your books. And then he, and he whispered it. I know, I know. And then he grabbed her by the waist and spun her from the car. 
And I was like, I thought they were going to kiss. Oh my God, really? Yes. Oh I was God. like, oh, because I thought it was going to be one of those moments where he like grabs her ice and spins her and like pushes her <laughs> against the car. Like I thought that's yeah. what it was going to be. And yeah. I was like, whoa, that was fast. But then not having that made it so much I know. Better. It was so, so good. Like the tension and the teasing. Like I after I read that, like he spun her away from the car or whatever. I was like. Oh my god that was so attractive like i just need a minute please it was like he's read her books like sir <gasps> sir you, so don't, you don't hate romance exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i was just like okay like i guess i could see like me liking gus but i was still a little hesitant that's all that i have for chapter 10 so now we will go into chapter 11. Chapter 11 begins with some background for January. We get insight into how she believes characters to fall in love and why she loves writing. She likes the spontaneity, but intention and urgency of it. Throughout this, January is trying to figure out where to take Gus for their first rom-com outing. Not only do we get more information about January's mom and dad's love story and lives, but we also get a surprise visit from Gus wanting to know where they were going. Eventually, January decides to take Gus to the carnival and simply put, Gus was not amused at first. During this outing, we get more glimpses of what Gus used to notice about January, including her glistening golden boy ex-boyfriend. Throughout the chapter, we get more banter and directly see how their imaginations run wild, but see the world completely differently. Finally, Gus agrees to go on one specific carnival ride. I loved the carnival date. I did too. I really loved it. <laughs> like I did I, too. Just, I again, this is like I, I could feel myself starting to like really vibe with the book and be like, <laughs> oh my god, this is so cute, <laughs> right? Oh yeah. my gosh! And something I just loved about the chapter was that it wasn't like a normal carnival date. It was so specific to them because, like, when they would point out a person. And have completely different stories about them. Yeah. But by the end of it, they were seeing someone and making up the story together. I which know. I thought was so cute. I can't I know, really. <laughs> There's something she said on page 109. I didn't write it down. But what I did write about it was that I love the idea that love can happen anywhere, like you said. And that she likes the mistakes that turn into something. And I love that too. Because it's so true. Mm -hmm. You can never anticipate or expect to meet someone a certain place or like oh, no. expect yeah. a certain thing it doesn't happen the way you think it will mm -hmm. you know which speaks a lot to like their mm -hmm. <laughs> their progression but uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> one quote from the chapter that was something going on in january's head she said the message was ironic the butterflies in my chest were not why yes that's so good like yes. how do you think to write that i really i actually really did like that line it was so good i did cringe when she responded to one of his notes with new phone who dis i was like yeah. it was another reference right i could i it made sense because i was like okay you referenced taylor swift you referenced walk to remember blah blah but i was just like maybe not that reference though <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> i wrote how can her dad be so wise and so stupid? Mm -hmm. And this is what he said. When you're going through something hard, it's nice to know you're not even close to the only one. Like, it's just, yeah. he's such a lovable character, except for him being an idiot. I know. And Gus says something of the same way, too, which we'll get on get to later. But mm -hmm. Gus kind of has a, a, not a similar mindset, but he has almost kind of the same lens that, like, his totally. da her dad had. 
Another quote, the flexed veins and muscles in his lean chest cast shadows along his skin. Again, the author writes the female gaze so, so well. So good. Literally so freaking good. Like I was like, okay, I see you. I see you. <laughs> As we go in the chapter, we find out that Gus knew about January's ex-boyfriend. He was so jealous this is when i knew he was jealous of him because he kept saying things like but you were in love with him or blah 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 i was like mm, oh you are jealous you are so freaking jealous and then another line mm. he said that made me think that was that's still more beer cans than your ex-boyfriend i was like oh that's interesting because i did not think he was no i didn't think he was jealous i thought he was just like poking fun at like january's happily ever after that never happened oh see i read that totally totally differently oh interesting okay i mean i could see it now now reading you know reading the book in full and like seeing it as a full image i i can see how like that would be like Gus's way of like being jealous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, here here's a quote from Gus that effectively made me lose my mind. I thought that I was going to have to close the book. And it's not <laughs> even what you think it's going to okay. be, but it just affected me. Okay. He said, you're as small as you are ridiculous. I don't know why I love that line because it's just so sarcastic, but so cute. And yeah. like, oh, I don't know why I like that, Selena. I just really did. Again, their dynamic is just like, oh, my God. So it was so addicting. Like, I loved I loved them as a couple. I think that's all I have for Chapter 11, actually. Do you have anything else that you want to, like, bring up? Oh, I did. I love <laughs> The whole puke thing with Oh Gus. my gosh. I thought that was so funny. I yeah. was and he held her hair. I know. And he was like and even though he hated puking, he like still held her hair and I was like, that's true love, right? There. I know. And the way she described him like rubbing her back, I was yeah. like, oh my god. I was I, like I, I was like, that's not a casual friend, okay? Mm -hmm. That is no. not a casual friend who does that. No, it is not a casual friend. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 12. Chapter 12 is a long one that starts off with the end of Carnival Night. There is a shift in the way that rather than telling separate stories, they start making one together. Then Gus shows his sweet side by holding January's hair while she vomits. Oh, that's what we are talking about. This is in Chapter 12, not 11. Are they still but they the run carnival? together. No, it is still at the carnival. But that's what I mean where she split up the chair. I don't like that. I don't like that. Okay. Come I don't on. like it. Have you seen that Chris Evans thing? I have. Where he goes, I don't like it. I have. So funny. Oh my gosh, I have. <laughs> All right. Anyways. <laughs> Again, we find January and Gus reminiscing about college, but further get more information about Gus's history with his family and January's parents' love story. It quickly becomes clear that not only do they both want to share these things with each other, but they can't help that they do. We also find out that January has truly become inspired to write as inspiration hits. Gus takes January on their next adventure, except that adventure doesn't show up. Instead, Gus and January end up at Olive Garden alone and finding themselves more comfortable than they thought and again they can't help themselves but in a different way this time i shit my pants when i read that olive garden scene <laughs> i 
did too. And it's the most like basic restaurant. Like it's yes. nothing fancy. But it, I was like, holy it shit. It wasn't even like that steamy either. It was just like Mm-mm. little stuff that I was just like, oh my gosh. I was just like, and I the couldn't. way they just held hands under the table but didn't let go. I was like, ah! I know. But then she, I think she wrote something about how. She was like, but we weren't going to mention that we weren't letting go. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> OK, back to the puke scene. There's one quote that he said. If you didn't have such nice hair, I wouldn't have bothered. And I was like, oh, that's just nice. Yeah. <laughs> He's sweet. I'm sorry. OK. He's yeah, like sweet. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I can definitely <laughs> see how like. He can be a gentleman, even though we're getting like the smart ass side of him, you know. I think Gus is my type, truly, <laughs> because he's not like the cutest person you've ever seen, but he's so cute. He's really sweet, but also yeah. a little rude and sarcastic. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I I love Gus. OK, <laughs> when January starts talking about her parents and we get her inner dialogue about how she's like hesitant to share, but she just can't help herself but share. Yeah. And I feel like they both feel that way about each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that really speaks to how sometimes when you like go on a date with someone or something like that, sometimes a conversation just flows. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't. And I feel like, you know, right away if it's going to get to that point or yeah. not. I think for me, though, when I read that, I was like, in a way, January thought that Gus was safe. And vice mm-hmm. versa. And I really, totally. really liked that because it's like yes. they could confide in like one another and like be really real with each other. And I was like, that's so sweet because at it this is. point in both of their lives, they like really need someone. And then I think that leads to Gus being able to open up to her. Mm-hmm. And this is a quote he said, but the worst thing, the hardest thing had turned out to be being angry with someone you couldn't fight it out with. That's oh. so heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, this is when I really, really, really had sympathy for Gus. That line hits different now that I know mm. what happens at the end. I know. Woo. Yeah. God. And then he talks about her books and he says, I thought it was the nicest dedication I'd ever read. And he memorized it. He knows he it. He, he tells her. And, and I was like, dude, dude, you how? are in deep. Exactly. You are in deep, my friend. Holy shit. Oh my God, shit. I know. I love that they both took their individual traumas and turned it into something so differently. But I think that's what makes both of their writing special, you know? And I think it's really cool that we got it. This is a quote. Sorry, I have so many quotes, but they're just the writing. The possibility hung in the air. And any time one of us could have invited the other over and either of us would have accepted, but neither of us asked. So things went on as they'd been. And I think that just goes to show that like eventually someone needs to say something. Someone needs to make a move like you just have to you just have to do that, you know, which comes back at the end of the book. But it's a huge theme, though. And it was to be honest, it was really frustrating to me because I was just like, someone say something mm-hmm. just say it like literally literally just communicate like i just need <laughs> you to like talk to literally. each other and like but literally i i understand why emily henry did that because at the end mm-hmm. it did pay off but i was just like oh my totally. god seriously you guys are not gonna say anything again like i was just i know yeah. 
Like, come on. You yeah. already did whatever you did yeah. at the gas station. Let's let's get going. Yeah. Um, but that is all I had about the chapter. Yeah, that's because we already talked about the Olive Garden thing. Yes. Oh, God. The Olive Garden thing, though, was just so good. I love so it's just good. the little tiny touches that were killing me. Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. those are even hotter than like when you get to the real meat yes. of it. I.e. Bridgerton season two. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Moving on to chapter 13. I thought, so I bought this book. <laughs> I bought this book on my um iPad. Yeah. So I don't have the physical copy. I thought something was wrong. <laughs> I thought something was missing. I was no. like, oh my gosh, there's a glitch and I don't have the whole chapter. I turned the page and I cackled because I saw it. On, <laughs> yeah. I saw it on my book and I just cackled without even reading, without reading the one sentence that is on the page for this chapter. I already cackled because I, I knew I was like, something happened, which... Right. My synopsis is, this chapter is only one sentence, and it reads, I dreamed of Gus Everett and woke up needing a shower. <laughs> but okay, this is one of the times when her unique way of splitting up the chapters paid off. Yes. I thought that was so funny. Yes. No. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I would have loved to hear what that dream was about. I know. Me but, too. I know, just wanted it, a little more. <laughs> but I feel like that was really good comic relief. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well... Moving on to chapter 14. Alrighty. <laughs> okay. This is the synopsis. January and Gus face the aftermath of what happened the night before and communicate by exchanging window notes. January reflects on the house and her father's affair once again, and she visits the beach for the first time and cries, overwhelmed with where her life is at the moment. January takes Gus to a Meg Ryan night at a drive-in theater, and things get heated in the car. <laughs> January runs into Sonia at a grocery store, and Gus has mysteriously disappeared from his house. This one was a chapter I just, like, screamed. <laughs> I just screamed. You know what I was thinking? One of the people I was thinking that could be Gus, but actually I hate this casting now, and it's really ironic, because I was like, you know who could be Gus? Jack Quaid. And you know whose son he is? Meg, Meg Ryan. Ryan. You know who hates Meg Ryan? <laughs> Gus. No, actually, I don't hate that. Really? Because he's so, I feel like he's so normal and he can be so goofy, yes. like, but in a cute, like, small town way. Yes, totally. Okay, wait, I actually we'll dig get that. Into, I dig we'll that. get into that later. But yeah. I, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm on to something. Yeah. I'll be January. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. You'll be January. You'll be, I'll be Olive. You'll I, be. I, I literally cast myself and Henry Cavill in every single yeah. thing. Yes, you do. Okay, to start off, I thought it was interesting that Gus apologize that he got weird last night via window notes because mm. i was like i don't think it was weird i don't think january thought it was weird either like she didn't say that she didn't not like it sure. but coming from gus's like perspective i guess i could understand why he wouldn't want her to get mixed signals from it if that makes sense so like i i understand why he was like oh sorry i i got weird last night but i again i didn't think it was weird i thought it was like really cute 
See, I saw him saying that is more of an insecurity thing, an uncertainty uh, thing. Like yeah. he felt himself developing these feelings, but he obviously, which we learned later in the book, has so much more going on than yeah. we even know about at this point. Yeah. And I was like, it's almost like me. I do this sometimes. Like I apologize out of habit yeah. or that I'm afraid I'm a weirded someone out, even if it's not weird. Oh, yeah. And I've learned sometimes when you apologize for that, that's what makes it weird. But like oh, I, I yeah. understood what he was coming from. got it no that definitely makes sense her response killed me she said quote don't be ridiculous gus you were always weird <laughs> i was like this is I so cute it. i, I don't know <laughs> i was like january you're funny too you're funny <laughs> and then there's like so much more inner turmoil for january mm-hmm. again about her father's affair just because she's staying in the beach house and there's just a lot of reminders of him and his mistress which i know you mentioned like the picture like in mm-hmm. the bathroom and it's like reinforced again in her mind that like happy endings don't exist and they're fake and like they just like, can never succeed yep and i felt so bad when she cried on the beach like i could feel her loneliness and her loss of direction and i just wanted to give her a hug like it, it her sadness felt so tangible or i was yes, like palpable oh my god i was like i i, I just want to give you a hug and again too i think it I it credits mm-hmm. all the build-up and the background that emily henry was doing in those early chapters gosh i felt so heartbroken for her i know speaking of hugs Gus is there on the beach with her. And I literally screamed when she turned around and he was standing there. Same. I flipped out. Me too. When he sees that she's been crying, he just holds her. And I'm like, this is so sweet. Like, just so cute. I love those moments when sometimes you don't need to say anything. You just need to be held. Yeah. And I thought that was so beautiful. And and the way the hug was described was so sweet and endearing, but also like hot. Like, I don't know. It was like, <laughs> yeah. it was so well described. Okay. Let's talk about this freaking drive-in movie theater scene. Oh, this was like everything i ever wanted like i know i know wow so much happens in this chapter holy crap like the second that she mentioned that they kept touching each other in like the back trunk or whatever Mm -hmm. and they would shift in the car but then their knees would like always still be touching or something would always still be touching i knew that something was going to happen. Because I was like, it's inevitable, you guys. You guys are so close. It's dark. Mm -hmm. It's a movie theater. Like, you guys keep shifting at the same time. Like, I just knew it. I knew something (laughs) was going to happen, but I didn't know. Whoop, the Martha. Yeah. Also, I love that that January refers to herself as a bunny. Because she gets so excited about Gus. And I think it's so hilarious and cute. And I think in the chapter, she's like, don't be a dumb bunny. Don't be a dumb bunny. And I'm like, but you can be a dumb bunny, though. Yeah, be a little dumb. Yeah, because he's cute, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It got spicy. It got so spicy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are they going to have sex? But nope. Yeah. No, I was surprised it got so spicy mm-hmm. like i was like oh my god this is happening this is happening but you know what was happening in my head as i was reading this i couldn't focus because i was like um in public. yeah you're in public the back trunk is open 
everyone can see that. Like, it's not that dark. I've been to a drive-in theater before. Yeah. It's not that private. No. So literally, as they were, as I was reading the scene, all I could think about was like, someone's watching. Someone's going to come. Yeah. So like, my anxiety <laughs> could not rest. And then, of course, an attendant someone. comes up. And I'm like, I freaking knew it. <laughs> Which I I thought was so funny. Yeah. Like, I visualized it so clearly yeah, in my head. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I did laugh when Gus slammed the trunk close on the attendant and, like, kind of returned to her. I was just like, Gus, you're freaking ridiculous. He he wanted her so bad. I know he did. <laughs> Holy I know. crap. But I love it. It's like there's so, so much self-restraint. But then when they finally let it go, it's gone. Yeah. Like, which we'll get to. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Okay, so, oh, God, I hated how this chapter ended. How, like, it ended. Because he left for a week. And it mm. really pissed me off. Because I was like. That he didn't say anything. Yes, and I felt at this point he was hot and cold. Because it, he did a similar thing, too. Or maybe it was like, um, they just, like, didn't acknowledge what happened at Olive Garden. Or they didn't acknowledge mm -hmm. the gas station or whatever. So I felt like this was the same thing. Except even freaking worse. Because they did make yes. out. And yep. I was just like so annoyed because in real life there's no excuse for that no. if you need to go somewhere you don't have to say why all the time if you don't feel comfortable but you can say that you're leaving for some don't reason ghost like, me i don't care how difficult it yeah. is literally i was just so annoyed and i was like i again i like the mysterious parts of him but this was unnecessary to leave january mm -hmm. hanging like that because then totally. you know what happened she started doubting herself she began yep like tr turning it on herself and being like you know like maybe it was me or like maybe like Gus doesn't like this and like I move too fast and blah 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 and I hate that because January Same. did nothing wrong you nothing. know and literally oh nothing God, I was just so freaking angry it was no. so sad for me too though because like she kept looking for his car and it wasn't there outside his house and I was like because they've gotten into this unspoken routine yeah. I was just so sad I know. Gosh. Anyways, that's how chapter 14 ends. And that is how part one of this episode is going to end as well. If I had that much of a reaction to the first half of the book, the second half, it, it like literally goes from zero to 100 so quick. So quick. But yeah. also not in the way you would expect. Yes. Which I love. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I cannot wait to discuss the second part of the book. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.